When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And we are back. Minnesota Vikings vent line has returned to Score North after a couple week hiatus. Yes, that was my fault. Hello, I'm Declan Goff. Welcome. It's Sunday evening. It is time for Vikings vent line. A lot to discuss on today's episode. Mandatory minicamp coming up this week on Purple Daily. Judd Zogad, Phil Mackey, and myself will be breaking down plenty of Minnesota Vikings talk uh, throughout the week. Judd will be live at training camp. We're going to have some things, uh, some special things cooked up here uh, in, in the next week as mandatory minicamp uh, starts for the Minnesota Vikings. So if you haven't already, hit our subscribe button right here on our Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll be bringing you daily Minnesota Vikings content seven days a week right here on Purple Daily's YouTube channel. Also, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com as well for the audio audience. Thank you for everyone for supporting us. My man Austin is down in Kentucky. Uh, I'm about to pop him on the screen here. We're going to talk some Vikings. We're going to talk some minicamp. Daniil Hunter, maybe some breakout players, some Kirk Cousins quarterback rankings. There's plenty to discuss uh, on today's episode of Vikings Vent Line. If you'd like to get in on a future show, we do do this every Sunday evening, even during the offseason. Yes, it's mandatory minicamp, and this is the offseason of the NFL, but that doesn't mean we won't be bringing you Vikings takes. If you'd like to get in on a future episode of Vikings Vent Line, shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. It's scrolling right across the screen right there. Also, you can send me a DM at Dex's Tweets. Um, I'll put you down in the queue. I'll get you in the order here and uh, get you on a future episode of Vikings Vent Line. All right. Let's waste no much. Uh, well, we got the introductions out of the way. Let's waste no more time. Let's get my man Austin in here. Austin, what's going on? You're down in Kentucky. What's cooking tonight, man? How you doing? What is going on, Declan? It's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and for everyone who does not know, Austin is a diehard Vikings fan. He's right. never been to Minnesota. He was telling me off this, Mike. So he has he has no real necessary Minnesota tie. The way you got into the Vikings, I think, is extremely cool and specific because it was one of my all-time favorite video games. You said the biggest reason you got into the Minnesota Vikings football team is because NFL 2K, ESPN NFL 2K5. Were you an Xbox guy or a PlayStation guy? Which one was it? I was a PlayStation guy. PlayStation guy? One of the Xbox, but I stayed on PlayStation. Okay. I was an Xbox guy, but you got into the Vikings through ESPN NFL 2K5. You said Dante to Randy Moss. I mean, there's no other better way to get uh, used to Vikings football, especially if you weren't used to the heartbreak. If it's on a video game, you control the narrative, you know what I'm saying? So oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're on the right track there. Oh, yeah. I think that's why I like video games so much, just because I'm so used to heartbreak and my love in the real world. It's things that I can actually control in the video game, right? Yeah, it's man, absolutely. Crazy. Like I said, it, it was. I just always used to watch those uh, highlights of just 
Randy Moss or uh, Dante Culpepper just bombing it downfield to Randy Moss. I'm like, maybe this will make me a little bit good at the game. And what do you know? I started getting a little bit good at the game. I'm like, I kind of like this team. The purple, the, uh, you know, the, the horn. There's something like about like the Nordic nature, if you may. Yeah. I, I would say that kind of just like intrigues me, the Vikingness. And it's just, I'm, let me ride with it, baby. Let's go for it. Well, It'd be great if we can just always control the video game narrative, right? It'd be nice if uh, if, if you can't push a 26-yard field goal wide left in a, in a, in a, a cold game. It'd be nice uh, if you could know what to do against the San Francisco 49ers a couple years ago in the playoffs. Unfortunately, uh, that's Vikings football, man. That's just kind of that's kind of how it is. So you've been a Vikings fan ever since then, right? So like around 2005? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I It was officially sealed for me when my dad came home one time. He was at his buddy's house. And I guess uh, he was telling them I was starting to get into football. I guess one of his buddies had actually is, was from Minnesota, been to Minnesota, stationed in Minnesota. He had a, uh, um, what, it was a Randy Moss jersey. Okay. He gave me a Randy Moss jersey, a home Randy Moss jersey, screen, iron printed and everything. And I'm like, I love this. So I've been a, I've been a fan ever since then. Love that, dude. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can start with Dante and Moss, that's a good spot uh, good, good spot to start. But at the same time, man, like right with, you, you were like on the tail end of that era, right? Like Dante oh, yeah. and Randy were on, yeah. off to bigger and better, I guess a uh, loose definition there, bigger uh, and better yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Especially, for our, especially for Dante. So I, I hear you, dude. So you had to suffer through some Tavares Jackson in a little bit. But, uh, at the, but now, but now, yeah, here, now fun, you're good. Here's a fun thing is, uh, Declan, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're I good, don't man. remember... I also used to live in Arizona at the time. So okay. I, I was living in Arizona. My stepdad was in the military. Uh, so I was living down there. And I, I do remember, as being a fan, my first true heartbreak. And I didn't watch the game, but I already kind of knew about it because there was it, it was weird. It was blacked out, I guess. It wasn't in the area, so I had to watch the highlights on ESPN. It was the uh, uh, force-out call against oh. the Cardinals that pushed us out of the playoffs. I remember crying on the way home back to my friend's house. <laughs> Knowing that we lost, that was a first true heartbreak. Boy, I should I should have known right there. The uh, right there. The Nate Pool game, the Josh McCown to Nate oh, Pool game, man. Goodness. I know. Absolutely ridiculous. The Paul at the, the one of the great Paul out. It is. It is one of the the Vikings are out of the playoffs. No, no, no. It is one no, of the best no, calls. No. Oh it is. God, that, that haunts me. It is. It, I feel you, dude. All right, well, it is Vikings Vent Line. We're going to get into some three questions here. My man Austin and I are going to banter back and forth. So, Austin, earlier this week, Chris Sims, uh, a quarterback guru who did his, does his annual quarterback rankings every year. So he's been ranking them out in five installments, from 40 down to one. Um, he had Kellen Mond, actually, I believe, 36, 37, ahead of both Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Well, now he's getting up to the top 20. He's got up to the top 15 out right now. He had Kirk Cousins at 16, I believe, behind Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, and Baker Mayfield. When you see Kirk Cousins ranked as the 16th best quarterback, and I guess twofold question for you. Number one, is that fair? And number two, because you're a newer Vikings fan, I should say, are you a Kirk Cousins believer and are you a fan of Kirk Cousins? Uh, boy, well, let me start with the latter right there. I do like Kirk Cousins. Around here, uh, I call him Daddy Kirk. Daddy and Kirk. That is, that's, I mean, he, he's the perfect stereotypical dad, right? The minivan and the oh golly type of guy. He just, he comes off charming to me, all right? And he's kind of had the stats enough to just kind of get by with me a little bit. He hasn't, let's just say he hasn't really pissed me off yet. And every, <laughs> every, every, it seems that, it, to me, I like him. Now, in terms of the the Sims rating, 16 kind of seems too harsh for me. 
Um, now, I know if you want to go ahead and put like the Derek Carrs or the Matt Staffords or the Matt Ryans ahead of him or the Dak Prescotts, um, I kind of get that uh, because I guess he doesn't come off the screen as someone too sexy, right? Uh, with the, with I'm just It's just the offense that he runs. But he's not somebody that's going to, at least that I've seen on the Vikings, lose you games like, you know, things that uh, Washington fans kind of warned us about a couple years ago and what we were getting. He doesn't seem to be ever the actual detriment to the team that he's been on. He seems to actually, you know, be really good. In my opinion, he's kind of better than the Dak Prescotts, than the uh, – um, I'll go ahead and maybe kind of keep him up there like with Matthew Stafford, but like the Derek right. Carrs and the Ryan Tannehills, I think he's on another level bigger than they are. But, you know, it, it, you got to think of the people he's going to have in front of him, like your Kyler Murrays, right? And then like your Baker Mayfields, I'm sure he has in front of him. Those are like your sexy kind of quarterbacks, the one that's going to run off script and, and do all that. So no one's looking at really the Kirk Cousins, even though he's right there in completion percentage and touchdowns the last couple of years and uh, um, just QBR rating. So no one's really looking at everyone just seeing to look at the trends. So that's why you're seeing the kind of guys ahead of them that are ahead of them. But I think it's a little bit too harsh to me. But if you kind of want to keep them around that average area, I would understand. Yeah, I feel you that I think 16 does seem a little harsh. Um, I, I think, look, I, Bill and Judd and myself are probably more critical than Kirk Cousins than a lot of other uh, people who cover the team and watch the Vikings football. And I don't think it's necessarily because we think Kirk Cousins is bad. It's just, well, there's a lot of situations that go into that. His contract is very is, is very well paid, so it kind of lingers what you can build out your roster. Um, I do disagree that I, I disagree with one of your points that I do think he can lose you games. Look at that Falcons right. game that happened, right? You know, like he can sabotage a game. My problem is, is everything has to be perfect around him and the circumstance has to be going in the absolute right direction because if it's going the other way he doesn't really have that gene where he can kick in now if if the ranking if if you want to put him behind baker mayfields and the matt ryans and Derek carr's the world well i guess you're kind of splitting hairs because i think most of that crew and most of that tier of quarterbacks it's interchangeable right like you said he's better than dak prescott I would probably put Dak Prescott better than him, but I can hear an argument where, where you, right, you can say that, well, no, I would take Kirk over Dak Prescott. Yeah. What, like, once you get past the elite tier, like basically once you get past Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, after that, almost everything, like quarterback 6 through 17, essentially, is subjective. So I, I do think Kirk is better than the 16th best quarterback in the NFL, for sure. Um, at the same time, I would like for him to upper, enter that upper echelon uh, of, of quarterback, and if, if quarterbacks, and if and if he now has this offensive line that's built out, got Christian Darius, who hopefully be a stud. Wyatt Davis most likely is a day one, week one the starter, right? Right. So like, if if the offensive line, I guess like if when you look at the draft, if the offensive line is now in place, do you think Kirk is able going to be able to rise up and kind of enter that elite tier of quarterbacks? That, that, that's what the hope is, right? Just because the last couple of years haven't been the most ideal situation for him. Because you got to think, Kirk Cousins was, and of course, you know, brought into Minnesota specifically to be that final piece, right? You know, Case Keenum supposedly wasn't going to get it done long term. It was going to be Kirk Cousins coming into the defensive situation. You knew how good that defense was, and you knew he had digs. You knew he had feeling. You know, he knew it, it, everything just seemed in place for him, and, and things just kind of they just kind of didn't go right that year. And and then that's when we had DeFilippo, and then we got there. He's went through three different offensive, uh, at least three different quarterback and coach, offensive coordinators. He hasn't really got anything to set his feet, and he was top ten in, in quarterback sack last year. Uh, that didn't help him whatsoever. 
but I, I will go ahead and say uh, just a little bit. Uh, maybe I should have referred. He will start off games, I feel like, uh, where it will put his team in a very tough situation. Yep. However, I feel like most of those games, well, I guess the Falcons game, we weren't too, too much to win. <laughs> but most of those games, it seems like he's came back. you got to think the, the Broncos game a couple years ago when we were getting destroyed, and he kind of brought us back. The Panthers game wasn't looking too good, and he kind of brought us back. He doesn't, let's just say, spiral the entire game. He sabotages sure. the whole game to kind of start out, and then it just it, he just kind of pads the stats the rest of the time. So I've, I've seen quarterbacks like Matt Stafford, like Tony Romo, just spiral game and lose games because they're turning the ball over way too many times or just getting sacked. And that's, I've seen that. I haven't seen that from Kirk Cousins just yet. So that's, that's my biggest, that's my biggest reason why I'm kind of a Kirk apologist, but this has to be his year with that revamped offensive line. I hear you. I think last point on Kirk is uh, a couple things. Number one is, is yeah, he can have a slow start, right? He's, he's, he's been a slow starter each three seasons with the Vikings, right? They got off to like one, two, and one the first four games. They were one and five last year, two and two the other year. So they've always gotten off to slower starts. And it's in that, I think Kirk-tober is what it's dawned, October. All of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, this dude starts going off in October and starts padding the stats a little bit, and things are looking good. It'd be nice if, for the first time this year in 2021, you start out the season in September, maybe three and one, right? Maybe yes. not behind the eight ball, one and three, yes. and then it'll make the rest of you, of him of his job and the Vikings' life and Vikings fans too. Uh, they can they can sleep easier a little bit at night. Let's uh let's transition to this next question here, and I'm curious how what you think with this one is because Judd and Phil and I were discussing it this last weekend on Purple Daily. Which Vikings player do you think breaks out? in 2021 and I don't know if you have offense and defensive in mind but you know there, there are candidates Justin Jefferson's obviously a stud you know Adam Thielen's a stud Dalvin Cook has, is one of the best backs in the league but is there someone else you're kind of looking at maybe that people are sleeping on that you think the, what, uh, of a Vikings player that could probably break out and take the next step in 2021 I'm thinking it has to be and I, I'm sure a lot of other Vikings fans can agree with me and he's someone that's been talked to the camp so far is Ersmith Jr. I feel like that's somebody that definitely has to take that next step up and you know, Declan, I mentioned I'm a big wrestling fan. You got to think, right? We're big wrestling guys. You remember the NWO? Who's oh, the yeah. third man, right? Who's that third man? <laughs> so we got the two receivers, our studs and Thielen and Jefferson. Well, who's that third man? It's got to be Irv Smith. I mean, why not take advantage of the Alabama exports that are just coming out of there, right? I mean, it's not like half their roster gets drafted to the NFL anyways. So he's got athleticism. He's got speed. He's got a way to contact the ball, too. And a, and a good point that you said about Kyle Rudolph, he just doesn't have cement feet, right? Like, that's cool. You can you can zone block a little bit, but you're not getting down the field and you're not throwing any defenses off, bro. That's, somebody, that's something that definitely Irv Smith Jr. Can, can do at least to kind of draw a little bait. And you guys got to think, well, 17-game season, it's it, it, it's some – heaven forbid not going, not going with post here, no one gets hurt, and you need somebody to uh, draw defenses – uh, like Irv Smith Jr. So, I mean, it, it's not bad. We're going to run a two-wide receiver set anyways. I believe the boys have BB at all. I <laughs> go ahead. And uh, offenses are starting to move towards tight end, getting more involved. Look at the Chiefs. Right. I mean, theoretically, I'm not saying – theoretically, the Chiefs really only use uh, uh, Travis Kel- – or they you only use Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and whatever back uh, running back they're featuring that week in the passing game, despite having a boatload of riches at wide receiver and talent. 
there. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Irv Smith is by any means Travis Kelsey or that Kirk Cousins is by any means uh, Patrick Mahomes, but you can get those people involved. There's something that uh, you can see kind of in Travis Kelsey, like his athleticism and route running is something different than your normal tight end like Rudolph can. And that's someone that could throw defenses off like a middle linebacker and maybe a safety off and keep the defense on his toes a little bit. So Irv Smith Jr. is my pick. Yeah, look, I, I like Irv Smith. Judd picked Irv Smith to be the guy last year yeah. in 2020. He kind he had he had some injuries, you know. I, I also don't think he was featured a ton. My problem is um, it, it's not necessarily of him breaking out or taking the next step, but like you, you just mentioned that, all right, Thielen and Jefferson are studs, right? You, you, make, you can make a case they might be the best wide receiver duo in the league. This is still a, a run-heavy offense, at least it still is. It wants to be. Mike Zimmer wants it to be a run-first offense and in the trenches and have a two wide receiver sets. That's not to say Herb Smith can't contribute at a high level. I just... I don't know if he's going to be able to get the opportunities and chances to be like in that Travis Kelsey level. Now, at the same time, if if he is the next guy, if he's that third person in line, you know, after Thielen and Jefferson, because like I, I'm with you, I don't think Chad Beebe is going to be that dude. I know the Vikings drafted a wide receiver who's, who's getting a lot of run here in minicamp, and he might be able to turn some heads and win that wide receiver three job. Um, it's a good problem to have, most likely, that Irv Smith who has capabilities of breaking out to being one of the best tight ends of the league is like your fourth best option in your offense, right? I mean, if, if you took Irv Smith into another offense that maybe wasn't as luxurious at wide receiver like the Vikings have, you could maybe make a case Irv Smith could be a top five, top three tight end. I'm just curious how how he really fits in and how he's able to take the next step with a lot of other players and a lot of other playmakers in front of him. Yeah, I like – I totally see him in – that sort of offense where we do play action a lot. I don't see him really streaking down the field often, maybe to kind of catch your, your guys off guard. But, of course, you know, just a quick block, pulling down the field, quick 15 yards. Just is so, someone to get Kirk – like like you mentioned earlier, Declan, Kirk Cousins is all about rhythm and timing, and that's something that we want to see of him just kind of go a little bit off script when he feels a little uncomfortable. And that's what makes good quarterbacks, right? That also makes good quarterbacks weapons around him. So it'd be nice. And I think that's something Kirk Cousins hasn't really had with Rudolph. I think he's trying to get down the field. He's tried to use Rudolph as a safety valve when he can't get anything done with Higgs, uh, uh, Jefferson, or Thielen. So I think he kind of found himself not really having a, a, a safety valve and tight end that he can trust. And hopefully that they try to get that Kubiak offense involves a zone run, play fakes, and getting your tight end down the field. Yeah, to make a really awkward and terrible analogy, but like Kyle Rudolph felt like his blankie, you know, like it, it was it was it was Kirk's blankie, yeah. and it was nothing yeah. more. It was just yeah. it was just it was a blankie time. to go to bed and nothing more. It didn't bring anything else extra to the table. And Rudolph, yeah. you know, by the time Kirk pass it to pass it pass it to Kyle Rudolph for five yards, right? and, he, and he's and he's gonna catch it and not be able to move much because Kyle's at the end of his career. You know, like if it was if it was a few years earlier, you know, and when Kyle Rudolph was still a very athletic and more fast moving guy. Probably, probably could have you know got a little more yak and would have been able to make more plays. But I'm with you, dude. I think Irv Smith can take that next step. I think he's the most logical one. What about on defense? Is there anyone that you've looked on defense that? And, and this could be also someone that's brought in as a free agent. One of these, you know, Patrick Petersons or Xavier Woods. You know, they brought in a lot of cornerbacks. Um, I, we'll get to Neil Hunter here in a little bit. But is is there any defensive player that maybe you're looking at as a rookie or a second year player that you think could also take a next step on the defensive side of the football? 
Um, I'm really interested. And first of all, I will say I, I'll go to your defensive side. And I'll also go back to the offensive side just real quick. But on defense, yeah. I'm like you just said, I'm really interested in bringing in Patrick Peterson. It's someone that I've loved since, honestly, LSU when he came out uh, uh, back in the day. And that's so weird saying back in the day because this guy was a stud for Arizona. Yeah, dude. And you could totally tell his last couple years he's lost a step a little bit. But what is Mike Zimmer known for, right? Revamping and, and renewing these uh, these defensive backs career. All it takes is just to get a little swag, right? He's got his number change. He's back to the single digits. He's starting to feel like Pat P again. So it's really going to be interesting to see in like a, like a 17-game season. That's one thing that they definitely addressed was uh, that cornerback position. They went out and got an experienced guy, someone that – you know, Zen doesn't hopefully doesn't have to teach up all that much. And I think Cam Banter is going to be all right learning behind him. I think that I think that secondary should be a little bit a little bit better because you got to think last year. No, no training camp. No OTAs. Nothing like that. They 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 didn't get no preseason, no reps whatsoever. And that congratulations. Your first game is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Right. Right. In an empty arena. So and what what a way to just demoralize you right off the bat. So. I'm interested to see that. Back to the offense slash, well, I guess, defense's special team, KJ Osborne. I think we really need to revamp a little bit on special teams. And that's a guy that they drafted out of Miami, uh, just uh, his second-year player, and just to, needs to be a little more durable. But he needs had a little bit of trouble tracking punts and tracking kicks. But we need to start off with better field position. If we're going to have trouble, on, uh, if, if we're going to have a defense and uh, that we think that it's going to be there, we need to put our offense in good position and not start out in in our own 20-yard line. And that needs to start off with just a good return game, something that we had like when we had Percy Harvin a couple years ago. Yep. Um, so that, that you know, you, you draft those speed Miami guys. So I, I'm looking forward to him. So defense, special teams, those are my two guys. Yeah, dude, I love the idea of Pat P. Same thing. Like when Pat P., Patrick Peterson came out of LSU, went to Arizona, was a first all-team pro. You know, when you're a defensive back, look, Richard Sherman right now is still a free agent. You know, yes. you're a defensive back, you enter your 30s, you lose a step. Um, and being a defensive back is difficult. It's hard to play DB right now. It's a wide receiver league. It's a it's a pass-heavy league. They're calling flags on almost everything. It's hard to be a you know a shutdown oh. corner um, consistently into your into your early 30s. I think Patrick Peterson still got a little left in the tank. You could make a case it's the best situation he could have landed going to uh, going to someone with Mike Zimmer, who probably is loving the opportunity to have a veteran in corner in here. You know, he had a couple rookies last year in Dantzler and Gladney with no minicamp, with no OTAs, no in-person stuff. He was only able to do so much. You get someone like Pat P in here who's been there, done that. I'm with you, dude. I do think he can absolutely turn some heads this year. And what's crazy is just a couple years ago, if we just would have got him a couple years, he used to be featured in the return game a lot. He's yep. a really good special teams player. He started off like his his first game, his first game against Cam Newton. That was a shootout when the Cardinals played uh, when the Cardinals played the Panthers. They both showed out. So that's one thing that's always been excited about Pat. I don't think that they're going to troll him out there to uh, do no kick returns or. I wouldn't be surprised. But I just wouldn't. You're bringing this guy in and just just to strictly play some defense. You could get other guys involved, but that's I, I'm. I guess we're just big Pat P guys over here, man. I love that dude. Yeah, no, I think Pat Peterson is going to make some uh, some big time contributions. One more question here for you, uh, Austin. Obviously, it's minicamp, mandatory minicamps coming up this weekend or this week. Excuse me. Daniel Hunter hasn't showed up any of the voluntary uh, workouts so far for OTAs. Well, now it's mandatory. People have to show up. You can start finding him if you want. Uh, what, what, how do you look at the Daniel Hunter situation? Are you concerned? Do you think he's going to report? Is this just something that's eventually going to blow over to give him a contract from afar down in Kentucky? What do you think with this Daniel Hunter situation is uh, going to unfold for the Minnesota Vikings? 
I mean, here we got in the summer, we got going down here in Kentucky in the Ohio Valley region, we got cicada madness going on. Okay. It's absolutely <laughs> everywhere. But up north, we have Daniel madness going on. That's right. That seems to be the problem. Um, I'm 50-50 on it, uh, my man. Uh, he definitely, in an in a ideal world, I can't see a situation where the Vikings are going to be in the Super Bowl and contend without Daniel Hunter. And that's adding in case a healthy Daniel Hunter. But of course, it's been said on here, other sort of podcasts, it's been said on every other network possible that the Vikings are like kind of in a 50-50 game, right? I mean, what kind of leverage does Daniel Hunter really have? Uh, you haven't played in almost two years. Um, and, and you, you, it's kind of you put yourself into the situation when you signed a five-year extension. And players that sign a five-year extension rarely don't get that another extension after three years. Uh, so I guess his lawyer, I guess his people should have kind of known his value back then. And he had all he had all the leveling back then too. That was that was a time where Von Miller was getting the highest paid non-quarterback. Uh, contract and he could have taken advantage of it then and it was very team friendly at the time and now he doesn't seem to like it so it could go both ways right that i mean it can we can completely miss out on this guy and in, in true purple vikings fashion and he could just go kill it somewhere else and say screw you guys or we could just be he, his his camp is just now finding out that neck injuries you know a little bit bad they, they know he's lost a step they're trying to chase that bag a little and and, and get the vikings for it i hope that that's not the case because you know, it, it, it's been said how many times when healthy, Daniel Hunter is probably top three, like quarterback rusher in the league. And it doesn't involve one sack. He's just pressures, yep. right? I mean, the, the quarterback pressure, he he absolutely needs to be on this team. I just I just hate how I just turned into kind of like a crybaby all of a sudden, you know? And I hate to say that because I absolutely love the dude. He's a stud. I never call him a crybaby to his face, but. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a damn good football player, dude. He. he... Like you said, probably the most important player on defense for the Vikings. And, and look, Harrison Smith's a hell of a player. Yes. Eric Kendrick's one of the best linebackers in the league. Right now, the, the, the thing on defense is pass rush, right? Like, and the Vikings last yeah. year had zero, None. zero pass rush. And I'm, look, I think the defensive line's better this year. Del- Delvin Tomlinson's going to be damn good. Michael Pierce will be active this year. They won't be a sieve against the run anymore. But it's one thing to stop the run. That's okay. You can stop bleeding there, but can you get after the quarterback? And I'm curious if Daniel Hunter is going to be able to do that. I, I'm with you. I think they end up paying him. I'm kind of in that 50-50. I'm not, like, I'm not panicking. I'm not hitting the button yet and being like, oh, my God, sound all the alarms. Right. But it, it's, it's worth monitoring. And I, I think they'll pay him. I think they take care of him. I, I agree that his leverage is just, it's very interesting, dude, just because, like, number one, yeah, I know you signed a low-ball contract, but two, you're coming off a neck injury. Like, if let's say he played in 2020, right, and he had a Daniel Hunter year racked up, you know, 13, 14 sacks, and then he said, you know what, like, I had another amazing year, pay me. And you could probably hear, like, oh, okay, he's going to sit out until you pay him, and, and you can make a good case that, yeah, he honestly deserves to hold out and get the contract he's deserving of. He didn't play a game last year. And he's coming. It wasn't like, oh, I broke a toe, and I had turf yeah. toe, and it was an infection. He had neck surgery, dude. It wasn't a, like, it wasn't a torn peck, right? Yeah, it wasn't it a torn was peck. It was a neck, like most concerning areas of an injury, neck and head and your legs, you know, like, right. The last thing you want to do is tackle somebody because heaven forbid just one inch off and then you're never able to walk again. So excuse us, Daniil, if they're trying to be a little, a a little valiant. Now I will say for people that aren't in the Daniil Hunter camp, uh, that we should pay Daniil Hunter camp. Well, I think we should be fine. I think that's just a little bit. You're not seeing forest through the trees because the take last year, 
all of last year when we couldn't get any pressure and we actually had the sliver of hope that Daniil might return, what, week three, week four, maybe close to the bus. Right. It's trustless. When Daniil gets back, when Daniil gets back and we have him, if that was the take, all we needed to do was put Daniil on that defensive line to fix it, then that should be the take with with everyone coming back that held out. If you want to, if, if you think that he's that valuable, he should be a plug and play. If that should be our last piece in the Super Bowl, so it's just a little tied up. I, I just don't get like, why can't they bring him in and say, let's just see a practice, let's just see what you can do. And listen, other people, you know, our guy Kurt Angle, he want to, he want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> yeah. you know what this guy can do, right? Yeah. So uh, it, it could go both ways, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Austin, also a big wrestling fan there, yeah, down, yes, down, sir. down, right there in the OVW area. I love that stuff. I know that used to be a developmental for WWE. Uh, now it's no longer, but it's still you get you got a lot of other guys. Have you gotten down there? Is that is that a thing? You've, have you seen like live promotion stuff? Have you actually been able to go to OVW before? Yes, yes, we've actually. Like I said, I run a promotion with uh, with my co-host, or I run a podcast with my co-host Billy uh, on uh, iHeartRadio. And uh, um, you could go in there and check it out if, 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 if you don't mind me plugging myself. Absolutely, okay. dude. No, yeah, go it's, for it. I was, was going to give you the floor. Yeah, go for it. It's the baby faces, uh, myself and uh, Billy Prickett on iHeartRadio. And we actually got to interview our first wrestler, and it's the OVW Women's Champion. Um, we've actually been down there a couple times because oh, yeah. they're hosting a, uh, a tournament. And one of the uh, main guys that's running the promotion now is doing a big uh, – he's introducing a new belt – and he's doing a tournament where all uh, a lot of radio and news hosts got to draft from the rosters, <laughs> and they get to come out and and promote the show. It's been making a it, it's making its round. It, it, it's been it, it's coming back, man. OB Love that, dude. Love that. Yeah, Phil and I, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do one last little wrestling comment here because I know you and I could probably talk for the next hour and everyone would be like, wait a minute, I, was, I, thought, this was, I thought this was a Vikings podcast. Right. Phil, Phil and I were able to interview. Uh, Lesnar used to be a Vikings. Uh, yeah. He, he played like, what, a couple preseason games? He did. I think he started to fight someone on the field, of course. Like, it was a disaster. But Phil and I, a uh, couple weeks ago, we interviewed Natalia. Uh, Natalia Neidhart yeah, from um, from that. SmackDown, that really that and that really was neat. awesome, dude. Like she, she was super, so cool, she dude. was super kind, super nice. Um, SmackDown's coming here to the Target Center in Minneapolis uh, at right. the end of July. I think it's like the fourth or it's like the one, the first of like five of the live shows. Because I think WWE is starting to do live shows again yes. in uh, yes. July, and we're like the fourth or fifth stop uh, for SmackDown. So yeah, we were able to talk to her. She was great. Awesome. Talk to a heart, dude. That was really cool. Oh, dude, it was sweet. A, a living, yeah, a Neidhart, um, a descendant of the Anvil and stuff. That was her dad. And, yeah, the niece of Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Yeah, it was a really, really cool conversation. You can you can find it on the Mackie and Judd podcast. Austin, I want to give you, though, one last uh, – I'm going to give you 60 seconds here. Give me – or oh, you can go a little more, but give me one last Vikings take that you got uh, or anything also you want to shout out or plug here in the last uh, closing minutes of that line on Purple Daily. Oh, boy, I want to get this out to as many Vikings fans as I could possibly say, and I know that you love them just as well, but I'm a Vikings fan here in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm just going to say the keys of the city were about to be handed to Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he dude. was going to single-handedly bring us that Super Bowl in Minnesota off the perfect everything. That was going to be his team, and then in a true Vikings fashion – not getting touched, Teddy Bridgewater almost loses his freaking leg. So if that doesn't happen, I think the whole Vikings trajectory is absolutely astronomical. And I think without that, Teddy Bridgewater can be an ascending quarterback in this league. And I know that you had that take of who would you rather choose, Teddy or 
Dante a couple weeks ago, and I was really <laughs> hoping that you pull for five right there, man. But that's where we kind of separated. And, and and like I said, I've been a Vikings fan for forever since then. But when I seen him get drafted, it was it it, it was just absolute. And and he did he did his thing for a while, dude. He did his thing yep. for a while. Uh, I just it just sucks that his last great moments was Blair Walsh wide left. I know, dude. Um, so I, I just appreciate you letting me come on the show, dude. It's been absolutely fun, fun for him. I love the show. Uh, thank you to everybody that's listening. And I uh, hope to come on here soon and talk some more. And uh, uh, like I said, it, it's been absolutely fun, man. Hope to keep in contact with you. Awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Num- like you and I, could, number one, you just brought up wrestling five minutes ago. You just brought up Teddy and the leg injury. Oof. They, 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 those are uh, those are dark days, dude. I know, man. It was that that that's a tough one. Did you did you ever go to like Louisville uh, football game and stuff and like watch I was, Teddy? I was I was living in Arizona at the time, so okay. I, I never actually got to see him. But Louisville had that a couple they had a couple studs back then. That Teddy, yeah, man. Pitwater, they had probably the best cornerback in the league right now, Jair Alexander. Sheldon yep. Rankins was on that team. Um, they, they they had some dudes, but I I was thankful enough when I moved down. I got to experience Lamar Jackson in college. Nice, and dude. that was that was some. It, go see Lamar Jackson in person. That guy's something else. Hell yeah, man, Austin, dude. Thank you for bringing the heat right here thank on Vikings Vet so Line. Appreciate you, dude. Um, again, one last plug. We will be live uh, on Purple Daily on our YouTube channel later this week. Tune in tomorrow uh, for some future details with Bill Mackey and Judd Zolga what we'll be able to do from mandatory minicamp. We'll be bringing you Vikings, uh, Vikings talk on Purple Daily seven days a week. If you want to get in on a future episode, on another Sunday episode, shoot me an email, VikingsVentLine at gmail.com at scrolling right across uh, right across the screen right there if you also could send me a DM at Dex's tweets and I'll put you in the queue and I'll get you on a future episode for my main man Austin again thank you so much thank I'm you, Declan sir. Goff we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily this view was worth a hike right and it's a good way to stay on top of my health yes I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.